Welcome to Newborn to Teen and Everything in Between, the podcast from Bespoke Family. I'm Bex. And I'm Claire. Thanks for joining us as we tackle the ups and downs of life with children, helping you to get the best out of your time together. No rules, no judgment, just guidance. So grab a cuppa and let's get started with today's episode. Today's podcast is all about supporting children when someone dies and we are delighted to have with us um, a representative from the charity Winston's Wish and that's Gemma. Welcome Gemma. Thank you, it's great to be here. Oh, Lovely to have you with us. Um, so I think we'll just start off first of all by um, getting you to just tell us a little bit about what you do at Winston's Wish and perhaps just a little bit of an introduction to Winston's Wish in general. Yep, so I am the bereavement support practitioner or one of them at Winston's Wish so I'm part of the helpline support team. Um, So at Winston's Wish we support children and young people up to the age of 25 um, who are being bereaved and we support parents, professionals, you know anybody that's kind of looking after a child or young person and we offer advice, support and guidance. Um, I did mention the helpline there so um, the helplines open daily Monday to Friday 8 till 8 and we also have live chats as well which is another functional website which is open three till eight Monday to Friday as well as that we have free training uh, we have bespoke training as well for f- professionals as well as re- lots of resources and things on our website um, and, and at the moment actually we're um, calling for um, children up to the age of 25 from 13 to 25 to join our youth team to, to really help um, Winston's wish me forward and to help with those decision makings and to hear the voices of young people so that's something that's going on at the moment so uh, yeah we're we're there really to for young people and children at the heart of what we do um, and whatever we can do and help with whether that's resources or guidance or support we we will do our best to help that's amazing I, I'm surprised I didn't know that it went up to that age actually although in saying that I did see um, something on Instagram the other day which was actually like you say calling for those people to to get more involved which I think must you know mean so much to them to actually be involved at the heart of all of that Mm -hmm. as well and so I think if people have listened to our previous um, podcast on bereavement um, or read any of the blogs and things like that um, I was really lucky to do training through Winston's Wish um, and I um, you know, again, if you listen to the podcast, we talk quite openly about things such as, you know, death and dying because of the training, but also because we know how important it is for children to have those messages and for it to not be something that we just don't talk about. Um, and I think one of the things, so to give a bit of background of why and how we came to kind of having Gemma on the podcast is... Um, Back in the summer, we um, had one of our very close friends um, die and very suddenly and they had um, two children. And so we, we, I was involved in supporting and kind of drawing on some of my experience that I never, ever thought I was going to have to draw on um, as close as I did. Uh, but one of the best things was I was able to ring Winston's Wish, get some resources, and then actually just talk about how we were going to tell school and things like that for the children. 
and then I could go back to the family and kind of support in that way as well so it it was amazing and really helpful because actually there was times when I was like is this the right thing for me to be saying and doing and I got that reassurance and I think having that helpline is just amazing and the resources as well like the books and everything else um but I think that led on especially when I was on a call to the helpline I kind of then suddenly thought actually it would be really good to do a podcast of kind of that next stage of talking about what happens and how do we support children when someone dies and it's not a topic anyone wants to talk about and I certainly don't want to be talking about it with such kind of recent experience if I have to be honest but that's where we are and so I think one of the things is how we talk about talking about death with children in a lot of ways but how would we when you're kind of supporting children and it's a close family member what are those kind of key things when you get that call to that helpline what are those sorts of things that you would initially have that conversation with that person that rings yeah um I've, I've said it before Claire but I am really sorry um, for your loss and um, I, I think the thing um, with the training and you know when when we're in the thick of that grief it can it can seem very overwhelming and um, the calls we do get to the helpline are the calls of you know wow I'm, I'm experiencing all these emotions and intense feelings and um, that real kind of mind fog of I just I'm in a bit of a shock state um, and, and how am I in this state and how do I also support my children while I'm in this 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 space and I guess that's where the helpline can be really useful because we can really talk through them um, um, fears or worries and um, you mentioned a really key word there which is reassurance and a lot of the times you know it is that reassurance that that callers are, are wanting um, and I guess that the key messages there are you know about that normalization of, of grief and um, you know we cannot take away that young person's um, pain and grief and um, parents often um, very naturally want to protect children from that and it's that feeling of not being able to um, but what we what we can do is um, we can be open and honest with our own grief and we can normalize feelings and thoughts um, because often it'll be the first time that children and young people would have experienced grief and they would feel very they, or they can feel sorry very lost about knowing what to do and what is this thing called grief and they would look up to their parents to, to know actually how how am I meant to be how am I meant to feel and obviously grief is so universal it's and it's so individual that there's no wrong or right way but it's talking about grief in an honest way of actually after someone dies it's okay to feel that intense sadness but also it's okay if you don't feel that you know and just being really honest and open with that conversation and 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 um yeah that reassurance that everything and all of it is okay um does that answer that question there i think that was one yeah absolutely i think one of the things was you know everyone's expected to cry i think is probably one of those and um it's that whole you know seeing other people cry and for children it was you know i have a friend who's got a little one and she's like but I can't cry 
she's like I don't know how to cry about this because it won't let me and it's like Mm. it's okay you don't have to cry about it you know just because someone else is you might cry later and it's like no but I need to cry and it was just Mm -hmm. like you can't make yourself you know you've got different feelings Mm -hmm. and I think it is hard isn't it we want our children to be happy and we want them to be I think when you said about people wanting to protect that was that's hugely strong in any of the families I've worked with um in my past when I was working in nurseries and as a nanny and things like that I've had to deal with death with regards to within families but there's always this overriding kind of well we need to protect them they're too young to understand and it's like they're not they just need it at their age and stage of being appropriate Mm -hmm. but I think one of the biggest things that I've kind of picked up on over the years um is the worry of making it worse about talking about it or um potentially you know particularly if someone is maybe um poorly and you know that they're going to die that talking about it is going to make it worse or involving the children could make it worse is that I kind of think I know the answer but is that the right thing or you know can you make it worse yeah it's a real tricky one that isn't it because again it's that protection Mm. I don't you know it's that that fear real real fear that am I going to do something that's going to be detrimental to my child's well-being and underlie that's the underlying thought Mm. that a lot of parents have so um you know that reassurance you know from Winston's wish would be that the worst has already happened and actually talking about it they're already um children are already experiencing it they might not verbalize it they're already carrying that weight of grief around with them so talking about it only um could could do good because that would help them um express their feelings and get them out um and it's very much i guess um it's having them conversations around we don't have to I guess necessarily sit very formally let's talk about grief let's be really intense in that moment it's all about actually let's just really be really informal let's just kind of create a bit of a soft safe space so that actually they know that you're there if if they want to talk and if they don't want to that's okay too um so it's it's all about really um being as you would and being natural and normal so if you feel like you want to bring up that person do that that's okay um if the child wants to engage in that that's their choice they can but at least that space is there i think the concern would be that if you didn't bring it up or you didn't talk about something in the fear that it made it worse where would that child have that space to really air them feelings then because actually bringing things up and talking about things can really open up that space for that child to express themselves and talk about it and and we know that that you know talking about feelings and expressing them stop them from from being stagnant in our in our bodies so um yeah do you ever have um people ring up uh when they when they've actually been told someone's going to die so before it actually happens yes yeah and what what kind of things yeah so preparing really yes yeah um and the 
it can be very difficult with um, people that, that are dying in terms of um, knowing when that will be and children's, it all depends on the children's ages as well. So, you know, children see time completely different or can do. So, you know, the, the example of we're going on holiday next year, as soon as they know that they'll be asking every day, is it soon we're going on holiday then, you know, that kind of thing. So, um it's similar in terms of that expectate managing that expectation of maybe how long that person has to live and and um preparing that child for for when that person might die um and and it's it's very the support and advice and guidance that we give is just that and we do really like to really be involved with the family when these conversations are, are happening in terms of you know what they're comfortable with you know what what best fits for them in terms of when they feel the time is right and really trusting in their instincts with that and um yeah it's it's very it can be very difficult but at the same time you know like you say it can be really important for them to be involved in that to have that chance to say goodbye um to be prepared um yeah so that they can better help deal with with it when that time comes and and, and it gives them that special time as well to like I say make their memories before that person dies so that can be really helpful i have to say from our experience that was so important and so valuable for the children to have that opportunity to actually be part of something that all the adults were part of. It was like, actually, we all wanted to say goodbye. We all wanted to be there. And actually, I think, again, very much adults kind of assuming that we knew how children would react or how they would think. And they completely blew us away in that, what we thought they were going to find difficult or struggle with, they didn't. Mm -hmm. They actually really just kind of went with it and they came to, you know, visit their parent and and were chatting and were engaged. Yes, there was obviously upset and tears and there was a lot, but I have to say from the hospital's perspective or I'm sure the same as if it was a hospice, they were absolutely incredible because they were able to support in that and I think suddenly you know things like memory boxes and having you know little things that the parent had and the children had to share you know it was all those things that I'd seen in my training and I was like oh my goodness these actually really really impact so heavily on how this whole process goes and I think that it comes back to that I think we talked about wanting to protect children so it was like you know to come to a hospital see all those things how does that feel and it's like actually it's still their parent or or their relation whoever it might be and they still you know that to them the children are quite black and white aren't they in a lot of ways and so actually there was no more guessing around what was going on and why did all the adults keep disappearing or having conversations away or anything like that they were part of it um and that i think made a huge difference yeah and that's that's not always possible no no unfortunately that that's the the um thing really to question you know when we're thinking about um how much should we tell when should we tell should we tell you know uh, that protection kind of thing that's going on for a lot of parents is actually 
they probably know a lot more already um, or know at least something's wrong and if I guess we don't keep them in the loop or, or give them a piece of that jigsaw puzzle and a piece of information and let them know what's what's why things are changing why adults are disappearing etc that can really build um, anxiety in that young person so we're trying to protect them from any harm but actually it's creating some anxiety and it's creating worry and often if children don't fully understand and, and don't and are kept a bit in the dark with with some information they will fill in them gaps themselves often so um, they could fill in that them gaps with completely wrong information um so it's it can be always uh, always best to really be open and honest as much as you can and like you said claire you know as long as it's age appropriate and um in a real gentle way and a nourishing way that you're kind of um, delivering this, this this terrible news then that could be the best thing you can do for a young person and uh, the other the other thing with that I just wanted to say as well was think about I guess when they're older are they going to regret not have had that opportunity you know and thinking about that and and how that actually affects relationships and their future in that sense and how they're going to look back on that time you know is it how are they going to feel when they're older and that's something as well sometimes that we mention to parents on the helpline just as a, a a thought to think about when you're making these decisions it's hard isn't it because you kind of don't want to make those decisions for them you know you're you're kind of you're kind of making decisions for something that potentially you know may have like you say an impact in you know the future but I imagine that as a parent or you know anybody to kind of have to then make that decision for the children to go and see their parent or loved one before they actually die to say goodbye must be really hard in the same way that you know do they go to the funeral lots of people have those kind of really really difficult feelings about that you know is that the right thing to do but what you've just said makes absolute sense in that you actually can't really make the decision for them it has to kind of be offered as a as an option I'm I'm assuming yeah 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 that's it and it is that yeah that's it that's yeah it's it's about um like I mentioned about you know opening up that space um it's, and it's up to them to walk through that and it's you know if 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 they what very much being led by the young person and child and that's that's really the main message there is you know ask them um you know open that space up um and and see what they want to do and how they feel about it and you can support you know they're not alone in that decision you know you're all in there together you know you can they can talk to you about it you can talk you mentioned the funeral you know you can before they make that decision let's talk about what funerals are then and what they might see in here and actually if they make a decision and say yes I want to uh, see that person in the hospice or yes I want to go to the funeral they can also change their mind last minute as well so if things get too overwhelming where can they go and what can they do and how do they say actually this is too overwhelming so it's also about that decision making and, and that preparation work but also let's give that option if actually things things don't go the way that um, they thought and, and how can we keep them safe and protect them in that way, um, yeah. For, for us, it was amazing in that um, the children were given 
a choice. They weren't sure because they didn't know um, what to expect, I think. And so um, the night before had taken photos so that they were able to see the environment before coming into the environment. And then there was a separate little room that they could go in and that's where they started. And then they could go and see their parent if they wanted to. But there was also a very clear kind of if you get there and you don't want to, you can come back to this room. Or and th- they they did go and see um, their parent, and then you know the younger one was like, actually, can I just go back into you know, and went back in, came back, and they just you know did that very comfortably. And I think again, it was what we thought as adults was going to happen didn't actually you know happen in that respect. They kind of because everyone was talking to them constantly and being very honest and involving them in all of it like there was no you know if they asked a direct question it was answered with a very honest and truthful answer as hard as it was to say those things and that has made a massive difference to how they've processed this whole thing because they they know everyone around them will tell them the truth that and I think truth and that side of things and it comes you know again about protection and all of those things but I honestly think being as truthful and as honest with them meant that they were able to handle that situation much more that's an impact on their whole lives I would imagine that whole truth and trust thing yeah and it's Mm -hmm. it's interesting because I even said it to someone um that actually you you're never going to regret seeing that person necessarily but you because you've done that and you can process that but if you don't see that person because you haven't been given the option that's really tough because you can never go back on that you can't you you can't change that so it was always just you know we've got to give them the option of doing it and again going into the funeral side of things of the whole time they were involved in everything they chose a lot of things and it was tough but they were there you know order of service they were there on what did they want it to be what songs did we you know want even when the celebrant come they were there you know all of those things they were part of and now still you know and see it ultimately as a celebration mm-hmm. of mm. their parent not they, they don't have it was sad but there was also that celebration and I think again I, I I don't know if it's a generational thing on funerals but children didn't tend to go to funerals years ago I think it was no. one of those things all the adults went and then you sort of got to an age where you suddenly went to funerals I don't know what that was <laughs> I don't know what age was that whereas I think now it is more accepting that children might come I was going to say about the age, though. I mean, that must be a tricky thing because there is kind of potentially almost a, you know, if you've got toddlers or three-year-olds or four-year-olds, they will find, I'm assuming, more difficult to understand that whole concept. Like you said about the, you know, when's that holiday coming? As children get older, their concept of time and their concept and their understanding of the finality of death um is very different and so that decision I imagine is almost a little bit trickier if you've got a child that's almost on the cusp of that understanding I mean what do you say to people who have you know younger children what what 
how what's the approach there yeah it it's um it's the same really across across the board um and um Mm. again thinking about um we've had families that they've had um a toddler and um they've drawn a picture um for their loved one and um that's gone in the coffin um and they've they've gone and 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 placed that in the coffin themselves and um you know we've it's very much even though developmentally they're all in different stages and they might not be able to fully understand um as they grow their parent will be able to inform them about what they did for the funeral and 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 build that picture for them um, which can then be kept in that them kind of safe memories and you know memory box and know know as, as they grow older that they were a part of that um but I, I guess with the younger ones, um, just to know, um, sometimes it could be helpful to almost do another goodbye as they get older. So, you know, they say they attend the funeral when they're very young and they may, might not really remember that. Actually, when they're older and grief does change with children as they kind of get older and understanding changes, they might feel like they would like to say goodbye again because they don't remember that time when they went to the funeral so you know we talk families through that about different ways they could say goodbye and um you know that that's i guess that is the only difference with that is is maybe them wanting to do something else as well when when they're older Mm, yeah that's lovely actually that's a lovely idea Mm. to have and actually helps everybody i would imagine come to terms with it and as a family kind of realize what it is you know what happened and you know what it means to them all yeah do, do children sometimes call as well do you have children yeah call um yeah children we've um children do call the help and obviously you've got the older ones haven't you yeah so, yeah but yeah. um you know um we've had children um like eight years old for example um that could bring the help we, we have um ch- children and the parent maybe that's rang the helpline so it'd be the parent initially and say i've got my child with me can i put you on speaker and can we just have a chat between us all you know we've done that um so yeah we um we're very much about kind of that direct connection with with young people through the helpline and through that live chat as well um and i know you mentioned teenagers there and often teenagers wanting their independence would often go you know to maybe friends or professionals or um you know somebody maybe outside their immediate family so we do we do get a lot of teenagers that that come to us and want to talk to their grief um professionals we've had calls from teachers who have then passed us on to a young person so a young person is particularly struggling in school um they've rang us in that moment and said i've got a a pupil here um, I think it should really benefit from your support. Are you okay to just chat to her for 20 minutes or whatever? And then, um, you know, that's happened as well and it's been helpful. And then she's been able to get on with the rest of her school day. And, um, you know, it, it, we've we've had really a rare, varied amount of people that's kind of rang. And have you found that, obviously, since kind of the pandemic and everything else, that that has kind of increased your the amount of people getting in contact and needing support just because of different you know maybe having more time 
or not seeing so many people during that time, mm. not necessarily accessing support in the same way. Has that has that increased recently? Yeah, um, I guess um, um, I can't comment on... I've been at Winston's Wish for seven, eight months, so I can't kind of comment on right. kind of... I wasn't here for the start of the pandemic, so I, I can't kind of compare mm-hmm. pre to kind of now. Um, but what I can say about that is that, you know, I have had conversations about the pandemic and about, you know, pe- people that have died in the pandemic and they've really struggled then to cope with grief because they wasn't able to go to the funeral. You know, the, the children didn't have the option for that. Um, that's conversations I've had as well as just actually the impact of, of, of having grief, but also having other things change in this pandemic and um, that worry about other people dying and suddenly you've got a pandemic where death is constantly on the TV and you know just from being here for, from for eight months uh, you know I've had several conversations around how, how COVID and the pandemic has really impacted on their own grief and that mm. could be directly related or it could be um, like you say not being in school not being surrounded by people and actually they were going through a big emotional time at the moment and they wasn't able to get what they needed in that in that time so and of course you had the death of the queen as well yeah um as part of all that time which i imagine you know again there was a massive outpouring of grief it was all over the television you know people were being interviewed about feelings around death um and i, I imagine that if you were grieving at the same time which i think you know the family you, I mean, yours, your own bereavement, Claire, mm. was around that time. Yeah. You know, it almost in some ways, I would imagine, intensified things. And it does bring back memories. It brought back memories of me, you know, when my granny died and, you know, those kind of things. It kind of must have made it much more intense for people. Yeah, absolutely. And we did get a lot of calls um, from the helpline and um, a lot of professionals, actually, that you know was wanting to acknowledge that in school um but also being aware of how do i you know how do we acknowledge the death of the monarch but also be very mindful and aware that people in school have their own bereavement and how is that going to impact and what can i put in place for them if if they're feeling overwhelmed so um on the flip side of that with you know I've had conversations about people that thought you know like Claire you said about what we our expectations oh gosh you know the monarch you know that our queen has died and is this gonna um kind of um is my child now gonna grieve again more intensely etc and actually it's been the opposite they've found that actually they really dealt with it really well and it's been really positive because it means that they've they've really moved on from the place that they were before and they've been asked to kind of they've had they've got them tools and they've been asked to manage their emotions well and it's almost been a really um a positive um thing of how they've been with the monarch so um perhaps with the queen dying and the fact that people are potentially grieving at the same time it maybe it made them feel like they weren't alone in experiencing grief and that other people even people like you know the queen's family experienced the same thing that they did and you know that must in some you know could it well i don't know must but you know, could have been some comfort to people, I, I, I imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's that normalising that them feelings and that mm. grief and that, you know, visualise that is that was visualised on the TV 
and wow I can really connect with that and that's like me and that's you know it's it's that part of that normalization and that creating that wider understanding about grief and death and you know we all experience this and even though in very different ways often there's still a lot of universal things as well that we go through so yeah I guess yeah you're, you're right with that Bex in terms of that connection and that normalization can really help I think probably the other thing that kind of is particularly we're kind of going through now is everything it there was a lot going on a lot to process obviously we had the funeral to say the goodbyes and things like that and now it's this part whatever this part is where everyone kind of goes back to their normal normal lives um not that the family are ever going to go back to kind of that what was normal they're, they're living a kind of new situation but it's that next part isn't it it's how do you you know talking about that person who's died and I suppose it's probably what do you do that's right so if you are supporting a family who have gone through a bereavement like what what kind of things can people do remember I, I always remember I worked with a family who very sadly um, had a bereavement of a child. And a couple of years in, the parents said, I can't believe no one's remembered that this would have been the year that this child started school. And it was like, oh, it's that, isn't it? It's that person still living it. Mm -hmm. And how do those people around them still honor that, but in a very sensitive manner, I suppose. it's what kind of things can you do to support those yeah. families and I think you know the first thing that's come to mind is is about them key dates so remembering the key dates and for example the the the, the bank the bank holiday the mother day mother's day and father's day and you know depending on what what bereavement it is you know if we know have a an awareness that actually around this time of an anniversary of the death for example that this person might be struggling a bit more than you know it's it's could just literally be a, a quick text message you know you know I'm thinking of you today or you know it's 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 more that acknowledgement of that they still that it's still hard you know I know that it's it, it's still hard for you and I'm still here you know just that in itself at any point it doesn't have to wait for an anniversary you know just just a text to say I know it must be still hard and I'm still here um can be, do the world of um of good and make the world a difference and you know that that acknowledgement uh, within a professional setting as well um can really help it is it is hard in that some respects though isn't it because like you said Claire a lot of people think by doing that kind of thing, by sending that kind of message, are they making, you know, are they making it worse? I know my husband, when things happen to people, I say, oh, I'm going to get in touch with them and say, and he's like, no, 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 don't, don't, because you're just going to, you know, they don't want to talk about it. And it's that, you know, people are so different. And I always do do that because that's in my nature. And I kind of feel like that's what I want to do and I don't feel like I'll make it worse but certainly and quite understandably lots of people think you know by doing something like that by reminding people that this is an anniversary or you know this is something that's happened to them that you're going to make it worse Mm. yeah 
That's it, isn't it? And it, 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 I guess it's it's about flipping it and thinking, you know, um, how do we know that they don't want to talk about it? And how do we, um, what if we didn't say anything? Like where, if they did want to talk about it, where's that space that's been opened for them? And again, I'll go back to it, you know, um, opening up that space. And if they, if they wanted to engage, they will. If they don't, they won't, you know, but at least they know that you're there. And I think that's the main message there is just, to, you know, I'm still here. Um, that's a really big message. Well, and I, th- well, and, and you're not doing anything wrong, are you, by opening up that space, even if that person doesn't necessarily doesn't want to engage yeah. there's nothing wrong with opening it up that's the important thing I suppose yeah to remember. that's it there's you know the worst has already happened um you know they're living it as as Claire said you know it's it's they're very much living it um so there's there's nothing really detrimental you can that can happen from that um but the, I guess this is why we think of flipping it because actually on the flip side if we didn't say anything that's when we could get them um people can feel really isolated um really isolated um so yeah it's kind of weighing that out really and thinking should I say something should I not but actually the worst has happened so let's just let them know we're here and that's all we can do it's a really good way of thinking of it the worst has already happened really good way yeah I think it's also the whole importance of making sure that that person is still talked about because they're such an important part of people's lives you know and I think using their name and you know funny stories and things like that that's the you know or memories or whether it's even not you know if it's sad memories and things like that but I think it comes back to that protection isn't it you want to protect people so you think if you talk about it you're going to make them sad and it's like but maybe they want to be sad it's you know we all we were having a conversation the other day about songs and actually music and songs are quite a big trigger because they obviously bring back memories and a certain song came on the radio and it was like oh we'll just switch that off because it brought back and actually it was no we'll leave it on because we've got to go like we've got to listen to this and actually it's a good thing and if we have to cry and do you know but actually it's a memory and I think those sorts of things are okay to say and if someone gets upset because you've said it they're getting upset because they have those feelings they're not going anywhere and actually they're not not going to remember the anniversaries they're not going to you know things like Christmas and birthdays and all of those things they're going to feel it before anyone else probably and so actually you're not going to suddenly make them remember by sending a message or giving them a call or organizing something I suppose I think did I um yeah who was that I was telling you about how I just heard on the radio being interviewed Claire whose son had died the comedian uh Rob Delaney Rob Delaney yeah I heard him being interviewed on the radio and um he was saying that he his son died um I think he was kind of under five but he he was crying and really really crying and actually felt like he had to cry so much because when he'd finished crying that was it he had to you know he couldn't cry anymore he needed just to get that grief out and that was it 
And then all of a sudden, after he'd cried all day, I mean, he really was like, I'm so sad, I can't... He actually came to the realisation that he was going to be sad forever, but that was okay. You know, actually, he needed to remember how much he loved his son and how sad he was going to be because he lost his son and his son had died. Um, and I, I, I found that really quite helpful in that actually it's okay to still be sad if you've someone's died. You don't have to go, right, I've gone through grief and that's it. I don't have to, I, you know, I'm not sad anymore because that just isn't the case, is it? No, that's it. And it's that whole um, theory and concept around that we grow around grief, that grief, actually, the old model was that grief stays get smaller sorry over time and then it just disappears but we now know you know that that grief is stays the same that our sadness is still the same that that feeling of grief we always are going to miss that person throughout the rest of our lives but what happens is life starts to build around it so we get that new normal sometimes parents call it the new normal things have changed suddenly I'm a single parent suddenly I've had all these changes and children young people start to make memories without that loved one so they'll still carry their memories of their loved one and they'll have them their grief there but life actually just starts growing around around the grief and so it may appear that the grief gets smaller but it stays the same that that pain is still there like you mentioned but actually life has has, has grown and their life has grown and and they've got new memories and, and new relationships and um, all of this so yeah that's something that can be really helpful to explain to children and young people and we have got resources that we can send to families about that model about growing around grief and how you might like to explain that to children so that they don't have to feel like he felt that I have to be over this because actually they'll never be over that the grief is always going to be there and there's a way that you can explain it to, to children in a very child-friendly way that can help them understand that so Gemma, before we finish, I'm going to throw in a little bit of a curveball and give you a little bit of a test. Claire loves it when I test her, don't you, Claire? <laughs> mm, Always. She does have a tendency <laughs> to do this on every podcast. I'm intrigued where this is going. <laughs> I've always wondered why Winston's Wish is called Winston's Wish. And I've always keep thinking, oh, I should Google it, and I never have. So what better moment than to put you on the spot and ask you, <laughs> why is Winston's Wish called Winston's Wish? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, thanks for that question. Hopefully I, I passed this test, <laughs> um, fingers crossed. But yeah, um, so um, Julie Stokes is our um, founder of Winston's Wish and she actually um, visited um, USA and Canada on a Winston Churchill um, fellowship, actually. It was a kind of funded trip to uh, research into the impact of um, bereavement on children and young people um, so uh, Winston came from kind of Winston Churchill and it kind of um, the, um, metamorphosized into kind of Winston um, who became um, Winston the bear which became our mascot and then there came Winston's wish so yeah it's, it's got its roots in, in Winston Churchill's um, traveling fellowship how interesting. I'm glad I asked that question. Thank you, Gemma. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think probably, again, put you probably on the bit of a, on the spot, but what kind of three key things would you say people need to be aware of if they are supporting children when someone close to them dies? Yeah, so um, clear 
clearer and honest answers and um, language would would be a top one there um, reassurance and acknowledgement so that acknowledgement of that death uh, and acknowledgement of feelings um, and also that reassurance that um, it wasn't their fault and um, reassurance that all responses to grief are normal um, and then I guess the third thing would be um, that that normalization really um, extending on from that and normalizing grief being very open I'm, I'm aware this isn't a clean three um, but being very open with your own grief and your own feelings because that can give permission for the young person to grieve as well um, so they're kind of the the big ones there that we would we would advise that's great and just finally um can you just tell us um how people can get in touch with winston's wish and where you are and numbers and things like that yeah so um it's winstonswish.org uh is our website so um you'll find all the kind of resources information on there around live chat helpline etc um the helpline is often the first point of call um if you wanted any information advice or guidance and that number is 08088 um that that like i said that's the best number um you've got the website there but if there's anything that you've um heard today or want to find out more about i would just really encourage you to 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 give us a ring and even if you're trying to look for them resources for example on the website and you can't find them um you know just give us a call and we'll do our best to direct you to where it is you want to be and 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 what help you need um and you also have a huge amount of resources for schools and professionals as well, don't you? And so they can all, and they can also contact you through the website or through um, the helpline too. Yes, yes. So um, with professionally, that we have got um, a, a resources a store, as it were. So um, professionals can can buy any resources there. We've also got that free training. Uh, we've got a specific schools tab on the website, so they can access free training. Um, and, and of course speak to us you know if there's any bespoke um, guidance or advice that they need about a particular um, person that they're supporting uh, you know we're there for them as well so yeah please um, get in touch thanks so much Gemma um, it's been so interesting and I know will be a really big support to lots of families um, and and to children potentially so um, really appreciate and I know Claire appreciated the support that Winston's Wish gave her at a really difficult time as well yeah oh thank you for for having me on and um yeah we, we do all we can to to help and I'm, I'm glad that Claire that the support that you've see, received has you know made a positive impact and you know that's our aim and mission so that's yeah. great to hear and um yeah thank you for having me guys it's been a pleasure thank you, thank you so much that's everything for today thanks for listening if there's something you'd like us to talk about we'd love you to get in touch and let us know find us on facebook and instagram at bespoke family or head to our website the links are in our show notes make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss the next episode and please give us a rating or review if you like what you hear we're bex and claire and we'll be back soon with another episode of newborn to team and everything in between see you then